0: Hello and welcome to The Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Raziel. We have a very fun show for you tonight. We are covering four sports, so I'm very excited about that. I have my man, Sia Najad, with me. Sia, yeah. how you doing tonight, buddy?
1: So, you know what I realized about golf post-pandemic? Are you tell ready for this, Michael?
0: I'm, I can't wait. I'm sure. Hopefully, it means we're making more money, but yes, please tell me
1: yes, uh, we we did uh, we had another good weekend, but that's not where I'm going with this. Okay. so golf literally never stops unless a pandemic hits. And what I mean by that is so, you know, you have Thursday through Sunday, obviously. But for us at win daily, Sunday night, and, and for honestly, a lot of DFS players, let's be honest about it, Sunday night is when you start prepping for Wednesday, which is when you really kind of have to get your lineups locked in. So there's mm-hmm. literally like, In a good way, no days off, like that whole Bill Belichick thing, like no days off. I feel so empowered by that because I'm like golf DFS and just outright betting markets and matchups like it's all it floats every single day. You can study it. You lock your lineups in, you track it, and then you get ready for the next tournament. So I know we're going to kick off the show with PGA. I know we have a lot uh, of other sports to cover, but it's just occurring to me that like as I sort of dive back in every Sunday night that like this thing, this thing keeps trucking along. It's awesome.
0: I think uh, another really good Bill Belichick quote is on to Cincinnati, uh, which is, you know, I don't know if that has any context here at all, but no, I know exactly what you mean. It is crazy. I'm receiving those articles. You obviously are putting them up. We Steven's article is up right now. We have multiple articles already currently free on wind So hop over there, go into the discord. You guys know it by now. If you're checking it out, go into the discord. It's free for three days. You get see his beautiful faith. Actually, you don't have a picture on your Discord thing. Why is that?
1: You should absolutely
0: make sure to put a picture. I don't
1: know. I think it's because I'm not super tech savvy and it didn't even occur to me that I could have a picture in there.
0: Well, yeah, all those <laughs> other people with pictures that you realize that yours, <laughs> you couldn't do it. So no, but I'm very excited. I think, you know, golf is a crazy sport like that, right? It doesn't really stop uh, in terms of, as you said, in, in terms of betting, in terms of DFS, in terms of the sport itself, there's always something going on. And, and I'm I'm grateful that you're grateful Sia. How does that sound?
1: That sounds awesome actually. Thank Let's you. Rocking I appreciate home, that.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate you. You're my co-host. I want to I want to create one of the um the gif of uh Terrell Owens crying when he's talking about his quarterback and I just I just want to use it anytime someone tries to come at you online. Like I just want to put my face on it and start crying be
1: like that's my co-host, you know, and just start <laughs> crying and do that. I think that'd be fun. You know, it's funny Michael, that hasn't actually happened yet. And I, I'm sort of ruining the day when it does because I don't know how I'm going to react to it. I think, I'll, you know me, like I'm super sarcastic about everything. So I'm, I'm not like legitimately worried about it. But, you know, fortunately, we've had a lot of success lately. And don't get me wrong. Like I have bad picks, too. Like that's going to happen, too. But a lot like whether it's matchup bets, which I'm completely dumb. I actually did some digging since the pandemic, since the, you know, the restart, if you will. I'm mm-hmm. 12 for 15 in matchup bets. Some of those are 72 hole matchup bets. And some of those are just like Saturday, you know, just, you know, the 18 hole variety. But. You know, 12 wins, three losses is is pretty strong. And then, you know, I've, I've been doing well on the outrights. DFS, it was an OK week. You know, Kyle Stanley kind of killed me. A couple other, some of those bottom feeders kind of killed me. I got my money back, but I certainly didn't win any money in DFS this mm-hmm. week. But I'm super confident this week. So I'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: Hey, man, we can't win every single week. But if you're at least getting your money back, I think it's not going to be too bad. And yeah, Sia is always talking about those matchup bets. Where? In the Discord. That's why you have to be in the Discord. That's that's how he can help you. Would you say 12 of 15? 12 of 15, Yep. There we go. That's how you build a bankroll there, people. That is how you build a bankroll, by always winning.
1: Look at that. Yeah, and just to clarify, part of the reason we don't publish those and they're in Discord is because every site has sort of different matchup bets. Like I know the site that I I use more often than not has different matchup bets than some of my friends who send me matchups. Some of the people in Discord, they'll send me 72 whole matchups that I don't have. So there's really no sense in me publishing my matchup bets unless I know you have the same ones. And so that's why we sort of dive in in Discord. We have you know the sports betting tab, but we also, in the golf tab, we, we... we talk about it too so anybody and i, I preach that in discord anybody who has uh, matchup that's they want to float by me please feel free
0: feel free see i can help you out there too so i i do love it it is fun uh golf is here and just uh i i really like i actually f- i didn't forget so let me let me let me rephrase I didn't forget that we are five days away from the Fast and the Furious marathon. I did not. Re- I did not realize that we are already five days away from the Fast and the Furious marathon. In case anybody out there listening is unaware, I there's a gentleman by the name of Chris Cody. Apparently, he's kind of you know internet famous, radio <laughs> famous, uh, sports talk radio specifically might be on the Dan Lebaton show, one of the most well known radio shows I guess in the country. Whatever may have mispronounced his name, so I am taking one for the team. Uh, And my cousin is as well, Justin at J Razzle 81, I think he he and I will be live streaming us watching all nine. Yes, nine, including Hobbs and Shaw, all nine of the Fast and the Furious movies this coming Sunday. I don't know exactly what time we're going to start. We're working on logistics, but it's going to be very early in the morning, seven or eight o'clock, maybe eight thirty at the latest. We are trying to get sponsored by like Taco Bell or Wendy's. So that way we can have three meals from the same place. That way it makes it a lot easier. So anyone out there from Taco Bell or Wendy's, if you know anyone, please reach out. Uh, We will have a 24 hour live stream going and we will promote the hell out of Taco Bell and or Wendy's. We had to pick those because they have the breakfast menu, right? Like, I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of McDonald's anyway, so I think that would be kind of fun. So we are excited about that, but we are also excited to help you make money today. So we are going to be talking a little bit of PGA. So we have the Workday Charity Open. We have some NFL news with some good stuff and some not-so-great stuff. We have some MLB news. Uh, we have some NHL a little bit of nhl news so zach if you're out there i hope you're excited for this one but uh yeah man let's let's just dive right in so we have the workday charity open and there is this is a weird one because there's actually going to be two tournaments where are we Murfield, merefield Meerfield is how it's pronounced yeah okay yeah i don't think they're coming at me for a grid of death um punishment anytime soon. So I'm not too worried about them, but yeah, talk to me a little bit. Where, where are we at? What are we doing? And uh, yeah, who are, who are some of the golfers we're checking out for this first week at Mirfield?
1: So, so most importantly, we just want to attack what, what, you know, golf metrics we're, we're going to be looking at. So what's really important here is quote ball strikers. We're looking at shots gained on approach. That's really important, here. Off the tee is actually pretty important in, in, Different from the last few tournaments uh, around the shots gained around the green is actually kind of important here as well, because the greens are smaller and there's going to be a lot of scrambling. So I feel like all the stroke gained metrics are in play for the most part. But by far, the the biggest one is shots gained approach. So, um, you know, if if you want to look at all of that stuff, go ahead. Go ahead. What what exactly does that mean? So, okay, so your second shot. So typically your second shot on like a par four, for example, like you, you tee off. And you're not going to, unless you're Brian, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, you're, you're not going to hit the green on your tee shot. So your next shot is the shot that's going to get on the green, most likely. I mean, you know, obviously you can miss it, but like in theory, your next shot on that par four is going to get on the green. And then you're going to, in theory, have a birdie putt, you know, from whatever distance you put it on the green. So shots gained approach, well, the approach shot, I should say, is that second shot after your tee shot. So if you are good at that approach shot, if you are good at sticking those shots, and typically those would be shots with your irons and those would be shots some somewhere between 125 and 175 yards. So if you are good, if your strokes gained metrics measure out well with that particular type of shot, approach shot mm-hmm. with your irons, then you are going to have a distinct advantage at these types of courses. Now, there are some courses that are super long, for example, and you know shots gained off the tee might be more important than shots gained approach there. So there's, you know, shots gained approach is always going to be a pretty... Uh, a pretty big stat. The real question is how big are the other stats uh, compared to shots gained approach? So in the last few tournaments, shots gained approach has been clearly like the number one stat and the other ones aren't even like a close second in this tournament. We're starting to catch up a little bit. So okay. shots gained off the T accuracy off the T in particular length is great. Uh, and accuracy off the tee here is going to be kind of important, more important than the last couple tournaments. And scrambling, which is typically shots gained around the green, that's going to be pretty important here. Because again, those greens are a little bit smaller, you're not going to be sticking it on the green every time. So you do want to have some scrambling ability. And of course, we have met, you know, everybody has, you know, metrics with respect to that as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, I I, I understood shots gained off the tee, obviously, right? Like that's how 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 much better are you doing off the tee approach? That's mm-hmm. interesting. So, cool. Awesome. All right. I'm sorry for cutting you off. I just wanted to educate myself. Oh, I'm trying to get it, better it, at this too, man.
1: And for the, for the record, I, I'm, I'm being a little colloquial here because the, the technical way to say that is strokes gained. Um, I'm saying shots gained. I, I mean, I guess those are synonymous, but it's technically SG is strokes gained approach. Okay. Strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained putting, strokes gained around the game. So, um, oh. I know there's probably some some purists out there that are like, Whoa, dude, that's that's not how you say it. Hey so.
0: Purist, don't listen to any of Cia's 80 to 1 bets then. How's that? Hmm.
1: Yeah. Now yeah. What? Or my Doc Redmond first round leader bet last mm-hmm. week, which I stuck the landing on, which was pretty cool. What are we
0: gonna do? Just keep winning money anyway. <laughs> keep keep uh keep that train rolling, see ya.
1: So, Michael, let, let's get started. So we have like this, and I'm I'm just kind of looking at the list. So forgive me for not the for the lack of eye contact. But so that the the premium tier has like six golfers in it, okay? And I'll just name them real quick: Justin Thomas, John Rom. Uh, Patrick Cantley. This is DraftKings pricing, by the way. Uh, Brooks Capka, Alexander, and uh, Hideki are all ten thousand or above. So, just like the other weeks, I, I may as well just kind of tell you in each tier: the eight K, nine K, ten K, you know, seven K tier, which which guys I like. Um, I won't go over everybody like sometimes this can get kind of lengthy and, you know, that's kind of what discord is for and stuff. But I'll tell you guys I like and ownership percentages that I'm starting to like in terms of, you know, kind of lower owned guys. Mm -hmm. John Rahm right off the bat, I kind of like it looks like his ownership percentage is going to be below 15 percent, maybe in that 13 percent range. And when you compare him to guys like Justin Thomas or Patrick Cantlay, who's like 25 percent, that's a nice sort of uh, pivot, if you will, from some of those top end guys. With that said, I really like Patrick Cantlay, too. I'm probably fading Justin Thomas, but in terms of eating chalk, Cantlay is good chalk to eat. He finished first here last year, fourth here the year before. He's super solid. So mm-hmm. there's there's just – again, if you can eat chalk, you just have to be different other places. So I do like Rom. I like Cantley a lot better. And in this range, I actually like Xander even better than Rom. So if I had to rank them, I'd say Cantley, Xander, and Rom. Xander's ownership percentage is actually pretty decent too. He should be in that 15% or lower range. So that's great. A lot of guys that win daily like Decky, and there's good reason for that. His approach game is outstanding. His iron game is outstanding. With that said, he's going to be kind of chalky. So, you know, there's only so many chalky guys I'm going to be mm-hmm. recommending here. So Cantley is going to be the super chalk I'm recommending. And then the lower tier are Xander and Rom in this premium range.
0: Love it. So um, in the premium range, a couple of names that we normally hear, I mean, obviously, Bryson DeChambeau, we normally hear Webb Simpson, we normally hear Rory McIlroy. How how do you feel about three of what the top five golfers in the world not playing at this event? Is there any reason that they're not here or was this just kind of, hey, we're just scheduling this one off?
1: Well, the next week at the, at Merfield, Mir- at it's a much bigger tournament and Jack Nicholas hosts, you know, the, the Memorial. And so I think a lot of people, including Tiger Woods are, are probably coming next week. So if you were going to skip one of these, it would be this week to skip. And okay. by the way, a lot of these guys are, you know, four tournaments in a row, five tournament, like this, this is gonna be the fifth tournament in a row post pandemic for some of these guys. And, and, and I'm, you know, I wish we had a sound for like, when I have like a narrative to build, because like, you know, these like we, we need we need we need some oh, what's
0: i can try and make one with my mouth
1: no no let's no, let's okay. not do that all right all right, all let's, right I just, let's get I just, the production right. team together and let's come up with like what because because you know when you have like a like a narrative to sell <laughs> Ooh, that was pretty good actually yeah, so dude. when you have a narrative to sell like so, like a lot of times it's sort of out of thin air like you kind of have a hunch about something and so don't worry i'm going down a path where there's an ending to this to this diatribe but the point is there are at least 5 or 6 guys that you might like in this tournament that have played four tournaments in a row and are on their fifth. And and honestly, all things being equal, I might fade that guy versus the guy that maybe skipped last week and you know had some rest and regrouped and things of that nature. I'll tell you, Victor Hovland is one of those guys. Sung Jm, he's played all the tournaments. I'm trying to think off the top of my head some of the other guys, but you know Hovland is a super popular guy for good reason. He's an absolute fade for me this week. He's just getting too chalky. That's actually Michael. The next tier of guys when we go into that nine thousand range, mm-hmm. Hovland is ninety five hundred he is by far the chalkiest guy in this range in that 9,000 range, he might end up being the chalkiest guy in the entire field. Okay. He's, he's looking at almost 25% right now, which is pretty crazy for a guy, Victor Hovland, who, you know, he's only one, I believe the Puerto Rico open and, you know, he's really come on as of late, but you got yeah. a guy in Colin Morikawa that is 500 cheaper and is coming in at about half the ownership. And, you know, Morikawa just, you know, a month ago was, was, the Hovland. So yeah. I mean, I just you know he's been pretty bad. Like he finally missed a cut the last time he was out. He took a week off. He regrouped. Hopefully his iron game is is absolutely great. So I'm going to go ahead and pivot from Hovland to Colin Morikawa. That's going to be my play in that nine thousand range. Other nine thousand guys I like. I'm absolutely off Fowler like I always am. Um, I'm probably going to be fading uh, some JM, even though his ownership percentage is actually relatively low. Uh, Leishman is interesting to me. Uh, he should, he measures out pretty good for this course, but this entire 9,000 range outside of Colin Morikawa, not a super big fan of. I'll probably be doing a superstar, super scrubs type lineup, which means. I might snag two guys from the top, two of those guys I mentioned, the Rom, the Xander, or the Cantley. Just try to jam them into a lineup, skip that 9,000 range, which probably won't be super popular to do. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it will be because it's been a successful way to go about it. But the point is, and then I might have to jump down to that low 8, high 7 range to start filling out my lineup.
0: Yeah, and I really uh, that that narrative that you are trying to build, and again, we'll we'll work on the sounds together. I think that's an off-mic, off-air kind of thing. I do think that's actually pretty legit. I mean, how often do these golfers play five tournaments in a row? How often are they walking, walking all those miles? I mean, obviously they're practicing, but there is a lot more that goes into 18, potentially four days in a row. You get a couple, you get a travel day. I'm assuming you you might take a day off and then you're pretty much right back at it. That is a lot. That is a lot of walking. It's a lot on the body. I mean, I know people think of golf as this kind of easy sport, but it's like baseball in the the same sense that it's, it's a grind. It's a daily thing that you have to keep going and bodies are not meant to do that. So I think that's a pretty awesome, awesome narrative to build to you.
1: So I I noticed it a little last week. So I was big on Harold Warner III, otherwise known, of course, as HV3, which I only really said because it gave me an excuse to say RG3's name. Yeah. because I'm RG3. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to do this thing where in every single live stream and podcast I somehow find a way hmm. uh, to segue into RG3. So I did it again. Congratulations yeah. to me. Yes, you did. So. The point is, so I was watching HB three. He was actually playing in. In there was like a, a charity match the day before the tournament started. It was it was Wednesday. It was him. It was Bubba Watson, a couple other guys I can't remember right now, and I saw him just kind of trucking up and down the course. And I'm like, man, he's on his fourth tournament in a row. Now he's building in an extra day where he's like, it's kind of like real competition. They were going for him. This is is it, it was broadcast on the Golf Channel. Like these, you know, they were kind of tooling around a little bit. But the point is, I saw him walking up and down. And I'm like man, he's not exactly like Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka build. Like he's kind of, he's not exactly svelte, if you know what I'm saying. So, you know, and as that tournament went, he started off pretty well. And then he flattened out the rest of the way. I mean, honestly, I, I had a couple single entry teams that had six for six and he was one of them. And he just, he flattened out so much that it wasn't even really a, a big win in those ones that I got the six for six, him and Stallings flattened out. But the, the larger point is here is HB three again. And I'm just like, man, if I like HB three, just as much as I like this other guy, just a random guy, like a Joel Damon, let's say I'm going to take Joel Damon because I, at least I know Joel Damon took a week off, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that's where I'm kind of going with that.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's pretty legitimate, and there are a couple guys. You know, as you said, Sunjay M, uh, somebody who has played in all these tournaments, and he did pretty well in those first two in in the Travelers and in uh, the uh, I don't what's the Travelers the first one. I don't even remember what the first Colonial. I think it was
1: Colonial, and then yeah. Yeah. Travelers so he, was after that. He, yeah,
0: he did great in those first couple. And, and as of recently, he hasn't done super, you know, too, too much. So now he's gone going on five like he can only be more tired. Right. As you said, they're not quite the build of Bryson DeChambeau. They're not quite the build of Brooks Kapka. These guys are kind of made cut from a different cloth, um, chiseled from different marble, if we may. Uh, and I think that's a pretty wow. legitimate. Uh, yeah, thanks. I think that's a pretty <laughs> legitimate, um pretty, pretty legitimate legitimate narrative to build a lot of syllables on that one all right so we're kind of fading that 9k range as you said relatively we'll see what happens i'm sure i mm-hmm. will figure his way into a couple of your lineups but within that 8k range and i mean there's a bunch of dudes in the 7 and 8k range who who i mean you named a few already but who else yeah. are we uh, are we taking a little look at here
1: yeah, so this is a range I'm largely fading again just because I have those two top guys and I don't really have the leverage to throw in these you know, these mid-8,000 guys. I already mentioned him and Leishman. They, they were actually 8,900 and 8,700 respectively. Mm-hmm. So then comes Jordan Spieth. No, I'm out on Jordan Spieth. I put Jordan Spieth in the same category as I put typically like a Ricky Fowler. Uh, I just I just I'm just not interested you know I I know it sounds like you know making blanket statements usually doesn't help you in betting or DFS but I'm very comfortable making the blanket statements there Ricky picked it up a little last week but Mm -hmm. let's remember he barely made the cut I mean he cleared the cut by I believe one shot and it took him a couple birdies down the stretch to actually get there comfortably so not a fan Um, Patrick Reed is interesting he's always been my guy but his approach game has been really bad as of late the last two to three tournaments it's just it hasn't been on there's so many other guys i can pick from that are less expensive i'm just going to wait for patrick reed to start turning it around and i don't think that's going to be this week so i'm kind of skipping i think neiman and koocher are going to be really popular i'm not on either of them either gary woodland he just hasn't been good off the tee he's losing so many strokes it's actually kind of embarrassing like this is not the gary woodland of old so again you know y- you can have the theory that oh maybe this is the time to dive in because he did take a week off and people will be off of him, you know, in theory. But he's just been so bad that I, I don't see the reason to do that. And by the way, his ownership percentage looks like it's it's getting up to around 15%. So, I mean, if he was like 8% because he's been doing so badly, that's a different analysis. Uh, then you go down to Matthew Wolf. You know, he was great last week. Adam Hadwin. Uh, I'm off Wolf. I'm usually on Hadwin, but he's going to be really chalky. He finished the tournament last week really strong. So I just think a lot of people are going to be, you know, I think he was tied for fourth at the end of the tournament. Mm you know we were on him last week as well he's looking to be like 17 18% i'm off of that at, at this range i'd pr- i'd rather pivot down to somebody in the 7k range
0: yeah i mean that makes sense or even you know as you said matthew wolf he's 100 bucks cheaper but right now looking at it he is four times less owned i think or 1 quarter yeah owned I don't really know how fractions and percentages in that
1: <laughs> No you're right. you're you're right on both Is accounts. Yeah?
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's su- synonyms. I know how those work I think, right? Maybe. Uh <laughs> we'll see there. So, yeah, I think it's 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 definitely interesting um seeing some, you know, paying attention to this more every single week obviously getting to see you get to talk about it and all that, but seeing how the price range fluctuates, right? Like Sanjay M, I remember him being very close to that 10K range. Now he's all the way Mm -hmm. under nine. Patrick Reed, I feel like has been relatively around this 8,800, 92, 8,500 range. Gary Woodland was all the way up in the 9K range recently. Now, as you said, he's been pretty bad as of late. So he's obviously dropping. It's just very interesting to see all of these Players and how they're doing and I, I mean even last week if i'm not mistaken i mean we're going to get to the 7k range here in a second one of the first dudes in the 7k range is phil mickelson who i think if i'm not like on sunday wasn't he like or was that two weeks ago maybe he had like a really legitimate shot at
1: pulling something home like is he i mean he, he, he really... had strung a couple good rounds together which was just a shock to the golf world and then he yeah. completely crumbled like everybody expected okay yeah. okay that's good that's good so i, I i'm but gonna I'll go... tell you are you? Uh, up I was going to say a good example of what you're saying though is Roy Sabatini because he was 8,800 last week. He's 7,400 this week. So there wow. are guys that have dropped enough in price where you can be like, in Sungjae M. By the way, is one of those guys where if you mm-hmm. were to take jm I have no argument with it because a his ownership percentage is low, and b you're kind of getting him at a value relative mm-hmm. to other tournaments. So him and Roy Sabatini, who I don't really like much this week. I, I still think he's just getting a little overvalued, although he's not really chalk yet. So he might be a guy I might have to dive in on, but. Just getting to that 7K range, I like Joel Damon a lot. Joel Damon has made four cuts in a row, three top 20s of his last four. He gains on on approach in a huge way. He gains off the tee. like His metrics just jump off the page. He'll be a little chalky because of that, but he's not like a household name yet, like a Gary Woodland-type name where everybody's going to be all over him. So I think that's kind of good chalk to eat, so to speak. Uh, Cameron Champ is another guy I like in that 7K range. He's 7,700. He's very long off the tee. Green's in regulation the last two weeks. Or last two tournaments, I should say, he's been top five. Um, yeah, I just I don't really see much wrong with Cameron Champ. He's he's in that ten percent range, so he's getting a little chalky, but that's okay. Going down the list, Corey Connors, who's infamously a bad putter. That's OK here. You can get hot with your putter. And, and this course in particular with the small greens. if if you're getting it on the green, you like you really got a good shot to sink your putt. And, and guys have won on this on this track before and lost strokes putting. So you're not dead if you can't typically generally can't putt. So I, I like Corey Connors quite a bit. Um, And then I'm going to fade Harold Varner. Like I said before, I like Ian Poulter. I like Maverick McNeely quite a bit. And I think I might jump on Ryan Armour. Uh, last two tournaments, fourth and sixth. He's just hitting the ball really well. He's not very long off the tee, but he gains on approach, uh, and he's just been locked in. He's just one of those names that's not a sexy name. Like everybody around him should get like an, an increase in ownership percentage, like Sabatini, like McNeely. Um, but I think Armour's probably the the, sol- the more solid play there.
0: And you said fourth and sixth is as last two times here.
1: No. Good question. The last two tournaments, so really, yeah, wow. last week and the week before, it was a fourth and a sixth place finish. By the way, this is a crazy story for you. I don't know if you know this. So Ryan Armor, on the 18th hole, he missed. And this is I'm not make, I'm not exaggerating the point. He missed a three foot putt, which dropped him from I believe uh, third place to a tie for fourth. Well, what that did in the Millie maker is dropped the first place person because of points, basically because of points awarded to like, you know, the tiers of places that you have. Mm -hmm. It it moved him from the one spot to the two spot because armor just lost his concentration. The tournament was a three foot putt we all can make, right? It wasn't a tricky putt by any means. He just completely missed it. Yeah, right. So, so that second place guy, instead of getting a million, he got $75,000. Oh. I just want you to picture yourself watching the TV and and just being on your app on your phone and seeing that you have a million and that you know all you need him to do is just hit a three foot putt and he misses yeah. it. I just want you to picture that for yourself. Well,
0: no, I'm not allowed because you yell at me every time I say someone loses money and they didn't have money yet. So no, I'm I'm flipping the I'm flipping the script on you, Sia. No, I just won 75k. I'm a happy man. No, that sounds awful. I don't know what I would do if. Uh, if that happened but again i mean when in 75k i guess there could be worse things but yeah that's that's unfortunate but back to armor other than screwing this poor poor man or woman over for a significant amount of money um how the heck is the guy that finishes fourth and sixth in the last two tournaments so cheap and not owned at all that sounds very is it really just name recognition at that point
1: yeah, and and we have to be we have to be cognizant of the fact that it is a small sample size at the end of the day because if you look at his metrics on the year, the, the, you know his strokes gain stuff, it's it's not great. So, and by the way, he's not very long off the tee. You don't absolutely have to be long off the tee here, but it certainly helps. And it's it's much more helpful if you're long off the tee here relative to the last couple of weeks. So that kind of puts him at a, a slight disadvantage. But that, you you don't count him out for that by any means. I think most people are just kind of thinking, well. Ryan Armour is just not a guy who's going to keep this up consistently for three, four weeks in a row. But I'll tell you, the fact that he's even 7%, which is on the same plateau as, as up-and-comers like Maverick McNeely or guys that people like, like Rory Sabatini, means that some people are paying attention to him. It's okay. not like he's 3%. So and maybe that'll creep down to 6%. It might creep up to 8%. But he's getting some attention. But you're right. It is pretty cheap. Again, not a super sexy name. There's a lot of, quote, sexy names right around him and right below him that a lot, like a lot of the industry is on Max Homa catching up to the wind daily team. Who's been on him yes, you know, seriously. basically all year. Um, he's, he's, he's over 10% right now. Um, I'm probably not going to be on him this particular week. Um, but if that, that he's 7,100, so he's 300 less, a lot of people might just take the upside or the perceived upside of Max Homa versus, uh, the, you know, the kind of what they mm-hmm. think Ryan Armour actually is versus what he's been the last two weeks. And then a couple other guys in that low seven K range that I actually like, uh, Bud Collie, Troy Merritt. Uh, I'm not probably not going to go for Kyle Stanley, but I think he's a decent play as well. That rounds out the 7K guys. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And uh, let me just tell everybody out there in case they're worried. Don't worry. Sia will be on Max Homa again next week. I can pretty (laughs) much. That's just let's let's just type that one. Also, I was thinking while you were saying chalk so many times and then eat chalk. Mm -hmm. If anybody from Tums out there wants to sponsor Mm -hmm. the show, every time Sia says eat chalk, I'll eat a Tums. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a good idea. I think idea. we, I think we need to, to contact them. That's my maybe after the show. Uh, yeah. If anyone out there is listening, tell uh, tell tell Tums to come to us because any, we're big you know,
1: time. So just to be clear, you're asking if any Tums representatives are listening to please reach out to your to your boss or your manager. Yes, please. Uh, thank you too. Also, <laughs> uh,
0: but hey, everybody knows somebody. I'm sure somebody out there listening knows somebody at tums or I, I, I don't know whatever is it png or J or whatever company owns them i'm sure we'll figure it out but yeah uh, every time cia S- says eat chalk maybe we'll just maybe we'll do it and then we'll send them the clip and then that's what's gonna okay yep we got it c and i will figure it out if we're- <laughs> um so going down this you know again the 7k range is huge I, there are some real uh here we are i'm down here i have a lot of exclamation points i have secret weapon written next to a uh a, a gentleman down here talk to me about this 6k range because i need to know See, i need to know
1: so there's a couple guys so we were talking on discord and actually the the win daily the, the 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 pro team if you will the, the the golf squad which of course is is steven isaiah antonio and patrick so we were all actually talking and, and then we, we talked in Discord a little bit and I think some of the Discord people are, are hopefully watching the show and then so we'll dive back in later and of course all day tomorrow. But there were a couple guys that we were like, you know what? We really like how these guys are grading out and they're not being mentioned at all across the industry because we all listen to all the stuff that's going around. I mean, anybody mm-hmm. would do that just to kind of like fill the gaps, fill the time, get an understanding of who's, you know, who's on who, who seems to be popular, whatever. And there's a couple names that just, have not come up. And so we talked about it and we're like, you know, we don't want to be kind of douchey about it, but but why not sign up for Wind Daily and, you know, get in the Discord chat. And it's like, so like I can hold one or two guys back, you know, on a weekly basis. I mean, it's, it, you know, we're, we're kind of like developing our picks as the week goes, but we've got a couple articles up there for free. I've named even more people today, but there's a couple guys that I'm like, you know what, like this, let's, let's save one or two guys for the Discord chat that are like super sneaky in that 6K range, Ooh. listen, Listen, Michael. None of these are locks. You know, it's not like, no. hey, we're releasing this million-dollar play. And the but mm-hmm. there are a couple of guys that like really, like I just kind of got big eyes. I was like, this doesn't even make it. How was nobody paying attention to this guy? And so um, that's where that secret weapon thing comes in. But I mm-hmm. was going to mention really all the six K guys, other than maybe like one. So.
0: Okay, let's keep the secret weapon. And, and by the way, everybody listening, the Discord is free for three days. So it's not like you have to even give us money. What you can do is you can sign up, get in the Discord, get see a secret weapon, win money with it, and then that pays for your subscription. And, and there's a lot of stuff going around the internet. And, you know, I, I don't think we're that expensive, to be honest with you guys, considering some of the other things um, that we've seen recently and how expensive some of those other sites are getting. But,
1: so you know, hey, that's think, not even the point. You know, but but, but th- that is the point because it, there's so much that we cover. It's actually kind of mind blowing when I think about it. Yes. Like literally you name the sport or the eSport or whatever it is, a, a Australian Football League. Like, uh, yep. NASCAR, I mean, you name it like the most obscure thing to the most popular thing, you know, we have three or four writers on each and it's just kind of crazy. And by the way, that's three or four guys in discord as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't think that, that Win daily, for example, is, is worthy of getting an edge in golf, because you're really good at golf, which is very possible by the way, maybe you have got a great return rate and that's awesome, but maybe you want to like play DraftKings NASCAR, or maybe like, who was it? One of our subscribers won $10,000 just on what yep. Sunday morning in Korean you baseball. Know.
0: KBO, right. yes.
1: So, so, so I think we need to kind of look, you know, not granular, but like big picture. And I think some of these, some of these sports that are maybe the 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 less popular sports are actually the sports that you have the greater edge with Mm -hmm. so i mean i think we need to like really understand that that you know what you're paying for isn't just like the golf picks necessarily or the nfl picks which of course is going to be like super popular and Mm -hmm. we've been very successful at that but like there are so many other things so many other ways to catch your edge and be successful in the own way in your way that you're successful but then all of a sudden you've got all of these other realms to sort of dip into and make money on so and i love it and that's what we're here for that's what we're here
0: so so sign up for the discord it's free for three days you get see a secret weapon but what i guess give us the rest of those 6k guys just so just so people don't get too angry at it
1: so i'll go over quick because we've we've covered we've covered a lot already i'll just i'll just name some names i I probably won't get into too much here but um sung you'll know i really like actually um great value he's made two cuts in a row he was 11th I, i think two weeks ago he was 11th and he was 58th Uh, on Sunday, he ended up 58th, but that was because of a bad Sunday. Like he was, he was pretty solid the whole way through. So I like him. Um, I think Matthew Naismith is pretty good. I'll tell you, Henrik Norlander is becoming sort of a popular industry guy. Uh, He measures out really well. I mean, off the tee, he's been great Um, on approach. Greens in regulation, Henrik Norlander, the fact that he's 6,500 is is a little mysterious. So that's a guy that you can kind of lean on. He'll probably be a little chalky in that range. Um, I like and Hadley. Um, he's he's great on approach. He missed the cut last week, so people will be off him for sure. He's not great around the green, so that's kind of a problem on this course. But I'll tell you, I got burned on Hadley last week, but I'm going to give him another shot. I'm not going to just let one week be my sample size. I liked him going into last week, so I like him going into this week too, in spite of the around the green issue that he does kind of have. And that pretty much rounds out the the, the rest of the field. I mean, um, I had taken a look at uh, Adam Shank. He's you know he's a decent play as well, but. That's pretty much other than other than the secret weapon. um, That's uh, that that's all I got for for the six to 11K range.
0: And anybody listening now or if you're listening to the podcast because it was released tonight turns into a pumpkin the show turns into a pumpkin, which then becomes a podcast in the early morning. So see, so yeah, will, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that he throws up his secret weapon up in the discord. So that way, uh, anybody, anybody that's listening now, I promise you it's there, uh, except for people at the live stream. I take that back actually after the show is when he'll put it there. So see so yeah, how we, um, we got to get to it, man. Who, uh, how what is our very long shot bet of the week that at this point i mean i can almost guarantee it for everybody
1: (laughs) so you know believe it or not i'm not ready to give you an outright winner long shot um i'm gonna give you just first round leader long shots right now which honestly i gotta be honest are, are are not the best bets because you only have 18 holes to deal with you you'd rather the four round uh, outright bet. Mm-hmm. But if I, if I was going to give you an outright long shot, it would be Joel Damon. I think he's 80 to one. He happens to be one of my first round leader bets as well. So I'll give you five names. Let's see, two, four, six. I'll give you six names for first round leader. These guys range anywhere from 80 to one to 250 to one. And I think it's kind of in the order I'm giving them to you that they start to fall off a cliff to 100 to okay. 150 to 200 to one. Um, Russell Henley, Joel Damon, Cordy Connors, Cameron Champ, Henrik Norlander, Chesson Hadley. Those are my first round leader plays. That's what? Six guys. And again, it's 80 to 250 to one. Put a few bucks on each. If, if I had to pick one that I really liked, it probably would be Joel Damon because he does tend to blow up every once in a while, but he blows up in a good and a bad way. Sometimes he's absolutely capable of putting a, a first round together and, and winning and winning the first round for sure. Um, the other guy that I would I would say I'd have high on that quote long shot list would be Corey Connors and Cameron Champ. Those are my three favorites of the first round leaders. Mm-hmm. Again, they're all long shots. They're all only worthy of a five to ten bucks if you're feeling really spicy. But first round leader.
0: Hey man, five bucks on two fifty to one. That's that's math right there. It's solid. That's all I can. So all I can yeah. say about that one. Uh so that was that was fantastic of course again Sia already has an article up on winddailysports.com We already have our own we have our ownership preview article by Stephen Polari. That's already up on winddailysports.com So that's always a fun one. Very excited. He always then has his article come out a little later Wednesday evening when we get a very solid understanding of what those ownership numbers look like and that's where we can start to really figure out that fun word of variance that Sia taught me a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> one last thing, and I just legitimately added these to the notes within the last 10 minutes. Did you so so we were talking about um, personalities in golf and how golf has like three, maybe. And Bryson DeChambeau came out this weekend and I'll say it was kind of a dick uh, screaming at a (laughs) cameraman or something because the cameraman was doing his job and it was very confusing to me. I honestly didn't see it, so I don't really want to comment too much on it because I I don't really know. But uh, I think it's fantastic that I don't know if you noticed, uh, but it came up over my timeline today. Uh, Brooks Kepka posted a video from the, I think, HBO or Showtime series Eastbound and Down. With uh, the former baseball player Kenny Powers, when he was, um, how do I want to put this? Uh, accused of getting, uh, roid rage, let's say. Um, so Brooks Kepka just puts this post up. Zero context. It's just this video, very quick video of this uh, TV character getting angry, and it just on the bottom. It's like a news article. Is like, is Kenny Powers using steroids? So, see ya. Do we have like a like
1: a golf like? Like thing going on? Like what do what do we got? This sounds like it might be fun. I can't wait to go back to the tape, which you know I like to do. Two weeks ago, the day before Brooks Kepka had to withdraw because there was a, a positive test, I think, with his caddy or something. I told you that he was interviewed and he was specifically asked about Bryson, yeah. And he was all he was backhand complimenting, like you read about, and then he would sort of reel it in or dial it back and then, like, kind of give him a real compliment, but then he couldn't help himself and he'd go back into those treacherous waters and, and just sort of backhand compliment him again. And it was so to me, it was so transparent. But I think to the reporter, they were like, oh, yeah, that's very nice of you to say. But I'm telling you, I saw this coming and I get it. I get it because Brooks Kepka at this time last year, or at least later in the year uh, in particular, was the guy. He was the good looking guy. He was the strong guy. He was the guy that was winning tournaments or top five. Yeah, I mean, he was just doing everything. He was taking over golf. And I think he's uh, he has enough of an ego to recognize it like, hey, buddy. You're not because of injuries, partly, but also because Bryson actually looks like the Incredible Hulk and he's sticking the landing on all this new golf that he has created. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think Brooks can help himself. And I I could actually see this becoming a rivalry. And it would be one of the best things that golf ever did for itself by just kind of like trumping it up, so to speak, and, and getting it to be a real thing. I am
0: one million percent in. I want a golf rivalry. I want them to hate each other, and then I want them to be paired on a Sunday. Let's say I don't know at the Masters uh, on the back nine, and just again mic those guys up. I want to hear them shit talk each other the whole time. That that is how we get golf more excited. See, so, um, I think we have new jobs as golf's new PR managers. How's that sound?
1: That sounds good. I think we it, golf and baseball need new PR yeah. managers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. We can- we can fix the problems.
0: We'll, we'll spearhead it together. So that is a lot of fun. Also, in other news, the Ryder Cup was postponed. So uh, on to the NFL, where I don't know if you heard, but Patrick Mahomes just signed a massive contract. It looks like it's going to be in the range of 10 years and f- uh, $503 million with a ridiculous number of 477 million guaranteed, which we really know guaranteed means absolutely nothing in these NFL contracts because there's all this BS around it. How do you feel about Patrick Mahomes signing the richest contract in, if not North American sports history, sports history in general?
1: Yeah, so it kind of makes sense. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I think it's a it's a team friendly deal, which sounds absolutely crazy. But right. when we when we consider how much the salary cap goes up per year, and even if you were to factor in that next year maybe it's not going to go up as much or could conceivably go down, which I don't think is going to happen, but th- that's like a one year blip. Like this thing, this salary cap goes up like ten to twelve million dollars every single year. So. If you scale this out to like year six of this contract, and he's making—by the way—they they, they sort of backloaded it, and so I think that's hmm. where I'm not sure about that guaranteed money you mentioned. I don't—I don't know if that's the case or not. That sounds like—that sounds like a lot, but they backloaded it so they—they they can figure something out year six when it balloons to like 59 million they you know in terms of the front part of it it's super team friendly i mean as far as that a type of contract Mm -hmm. can can be so they'll be able to they'll be able to you know get guys and and continue on this march to the super bowl it will be a little bit more restrictive because he is you know going to be getting paid you know in the in the 30s the next few years but no, I think it's good for Kansas City because in five years, we're going to be looking at that contract and we're going to be looking at the the next big star, maybe it's mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence or something. And all of a sudden, he's going to be making way more per year. And we're going to be like, oh, Mahomes, maybe you should have signed a five-year deal and then, you know, re-upped you know, Mm -hmm. to another five or six year deal after that. But I understand why he wouldn't do that. I I probably wouldn't do it either. And I question whether or not his agent pushed him to maybe do a a 10 year deal because we know it's better for the agent as well from, you know, taking his percentage standpoint as well. And you always kind of wonder what's going on with agents in that capacity. And, And what I mean by that is, how much self interest is is there when they are convincing their client mm-hmm. to negotiate a quote ten year deal or or something of that nature? So I'm not saying anything devious happened, but you know it it it's interesting to recognize that it's just not Pat Mahomes that's that's mm-hmm. uh, has an interest in that contract.
0: Yes, and uh, his agent is Lee Steinberg. So he's had some pluses and minuses in his career. Incredible agent. Also has had some some things happen along the way. Quick Google search, anybody out there that's curious, you'll figure it out very uh, very fast. But he's no, normally known as a pretty good dude. So yeah, I, I'm curious too. I wouldn't be surprised, again, I, I think that there's like a 1% chance this contract actually comes to fruition. And for those 10 years, Patrick Mahomes is there with no blips or no anything on the radar. I'm very confident something's going to happen. There was something called guaranteed mechanics or mechanisms or something that have to get triggered. And if they're not triggered, then he can walk. And it's like a lot of BS to me. All football contracts are BS, though, because they really don't matter after the first two years half the time. Uh, This one might be a little different because of dead cap space. But I do think it it doesn't hurt the agent in terms of uh, being able to say that they uh, signed Uh, their client to the biggest contract in sports history, right? Like, I think that doesn't hurt anybody. Um, Doesn't hurt Patrick Mahomes either. I think obviously the news cycle is running with it and loving it. And it's funny to see, because I I totally agree with you. It can actually become a team-friendly deal, right? Like, I don't think anything, I think no less of Patrick Mahomes if he walks away from this with $500 million. I think he's going to do just fine. But in terms of, as you said, if he signed a four-year deal like Russell Wilson's been doing, he just signs four-year deal after four-year deal, and after three of those, after 12, 12 years, it's probably going to end up more in, in relative terms of when he signed his first one than Patrick Mahomes will if you do, you know, three four-year deals instead of one 10-year deal. A uh, couple of just interesting little numerical stats and facts about this. Uh, Shaq on. Bought the entire Jaguars franchise for $760 million. Uh, so that's just a funny one that I saw. Uh, I, I, I follow Jaguars Twitter just because my cousin Justin, who is doing the uh, Fast and the Furious challenge with me. Uh, is that a challenge now?
1: Can we just call it a challenge and make the internet do it with us? I'll see. But I mean, technically it's a punishment, but you can call okay. it a challenge if you want. I mean, yeah. challenge would be like the euphemistic way to say punishment, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 I,
0: um, euphemism, that's a, that's a word, too. So I'm going to go with challenge. We're doing the Fast and the Furious challenge, and that is uh, on Sunday. So anybody paying attention wants to watch us watch the Fast and the Furious movies for probably about 19 hours straight. We're in a few are. Um, yeah. So th- the poor Jaguars fan base. And then I also saw and it's obviously not a one to one, but Patch Mahomes over the next couple years, I think he's signed for two million dollars this coming year. And then something like 27 million for his fifth year option and then the first two years of this contract actually total less than the next four years of ryan Tannehill's contract so yeah um i think kansas city has a absolute shot over the next half a decade at least to make a legitimate legitimate you know dynasty out of this thing after that if we're talking about somebody making 45 million dollars or 50 whatever million dollars yeah, the cap has to go up a lot over that time, but it's still just an absurd number and you have to look at the percentages and everything. So I just thought the Ryan Tannehill stat was... uh pretty interesting. Uh, and I also don't think
1: Ryan Tannehill is worth $119 million. What were you going to say? Sia? No, I was going to say when you can say that's. <laughs> I mean, but let's, let's hand it to Ryan Tannehill because when oh, he went dude. to Tennessee, I Thank think everybody know. was kind of like two years at Tennessee, then he'll fall out of the league and, and look where he is now. So that's good for him. The thing I'll say about Ryan, cause a lot of people criticize him for his days at Miami. And I'll get to a point about, about Patrick Mahomes to just kind t- of put a punctuation mark on this. Wait, but- Are you, are you building a narrative? Do you want me to make the sound? Mm, no, this isn't narrative okay. building quite okay. yet. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I may get there. So be ready, be ready. But the, the point is, Tannehill was a receiver converted to quarterback, right? So mm-hmm. when he was at Miami, you know, he didn't have a, the full complement of the playbook. That was a criticism of his. But did you, would you have really expected? He got action probably sooner than he thought he would. And of course, he's not going to have it. He wasn't a quarterback in college, or he was for like a year, a year and a half, mm-hmm. but that was it. So the idea that he was going to have this very solid and normal progression up to the time he went to Tennessee is a very valid theory to, 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 have. And so I think that's really what happened. I don't think he's a top 10 or top 12 quarterback by any means, but I do think he's an average quarterback. I do think he is a starter on, you know, 10 to 12 teams, in the NFL. I, I really think that I, as a Redskins fan, I think I'd probably rather have Tannehill than Dwayne Haskins. Which I don't think is that controversial of a statement. I, I really don't. No. So anyway, uh, you know, you can make the argument for the the, the Raiders. I, I'm not so. I know people like Derek Carr, and he's probably not given a, a fair shake. But I, I can make the argument that Tannehill might be the better option right now than Derek Carr. And there's probably you know ten other teams I can make that argument for. So anyway, but back to Mahomes. Just just closing it out on that. My theory on this is that the way Kansas City worked it out is that I don't think Mahomes will account. As each year goes by, and even when this balloons up to 55, 59, 65 mm-hmm. million, as each year goes by with the increase in the salary cap, I don't think Mahomes will ever account for as much as 25% of the salary cap. I think he'll be in that 20% range as this contract keeps going. Well, certainly less on the, on, on the, mm-hmm. the first few years, yeah. but even when it balloons, I don't think he'll account for more than 20, 22% of the salary cap. And if that's what it is, then I think the team is in good shape.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, I think it's a, it's, it's a weird, one of those weird contracts where- it's really good for the player. Again, if it works out, he walks away with half a billion dollars and it's great for the team because in a few years it's going to be undervalued. Um, so now I guess the real question is how much does Dak get paid? Um, like, right. Like Jerry Jones just has to be saying something to himself. Damn gamut. Because like at this point, man should have just gave him 30 million like last year. And now he, he's, he's the Cowboys quarterback. Is he as, good as Patrick Mahomes absolutely not we all know that but that's how setting the market works right like who's the next quarterback that's going to come along and sign this kind of contract it doesn't make any sense to me
1: but but Mahomes is clearly by anybody's argument in a completely different stratosphere not not just from Dak but but really almost any quarterback you can think of maybe outside of a young quarterback outside of Deshaun Watson it's not even like I heard I heard a lot of that today on on talk radio but my thought was kind of like Man, if Dak's agent even brings Mahomes' contract up, I'd I'd kind of laugh in his face on the other side of that negotiation because it's like, dude, Mahomes is a a whole different, whole different ball game. Like you're not, you're not, like you can bring up any you know analogy, any other contract you want. That's not the one to reference.
0: I agree, but it's also then going to that contract will influence people like Deshaun Watson, who again I think is far and away better than Dak. But again, if we just start, if we just start piling on top, at some point. It's going to get to the point where you have to give Jack $40 million because that is just the going rate. That's the cost of doing business for quarterbacks. And, you know, that's where Ryan Tannehill's four for 120 or whatever actually looks pretty damn good. Um, so it's it's just kind of funny how those things look. A um, couple more things in NFL news. Uh, so you brought up the Redskins before and the Redskins are actually going to it looks like they're going to change their name. Turns out mm-hmm. um, when advertisers who give you money say to do something teams are very very quick to be like you know what maybe we want to do this now i think it was fedex (laughs) that said it i think nike stopped selling their stuff uh i know you're a redskins fan i know you're relatively against it um you know so that is what it is it's doesn't really matter to me. I think the Redskins suck and it's probably good to kind of wash away, you know, the last 20 <laughs> years, let's call it. Um I know there was a time before them, but I don't remember any of that, so it means nothing to me. But I guess yeah, I mean, when teams come or when advertisers say, sponsors say, I mean, that's how most of these political commentators uh, get kicked off the airs because advertisers say we won't give them money. So, I guess I don't know. How do you how do you feel about it? Or I mean, I know you're not too happy, but is it
1: the worst thing in the world? <laughs> No, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's certainly not, you know, it, this isn't an issue for me to really like plant my flag in and and just, you know, start going yes. on social media and berating everybody. But but I'll, I'll just tell you from a couple different perspectives. You know, obviously growing up, you know, I'm obviously not Native American, but growing up, there was never any semblance of the mm-hmm. idea that there was the Redskins was using was being used in any sort of pejorative context. It just mm-hmm. that wasn't a thing, whether it was me or my family, who was who are all big Redskins fans or or any of my friends. Like there was never a time where like somebody made a comment and it was like, oh, that was used in a different way like that. That never happened. But then, you know, I got to tell you, while I understand why, you know, there there is different sort of historical context to to consider. And there are certain Native Americans that are very offended by it and certain Native Americans that frankly, aren't. I actually dated a Native American for seven years um, before being married. Um, we'll call her Tiffany because uh-huh. that's her name. And her and her family were devout Redskins fans. Uh-huh. And when I, because this controversy has been, has lasted for, you know, a couple decades now, at mm-hmm. least a, a decade where there's been fervor behind it. And I would, I would ask them, I, you know, I, or initially when I asked them, I said, you know, what do you, how do you feel about the name? And just so you know, this isn't my opinion. This is what they told me. I'm just, you know, don't kill the messenger here. They were so emboldened by it because, A, they, for them, they kind of thought, well, there's no sign of anything, you know, Native American in, in our culture now. Mm-hmm. And the way we see the Redskin symbol and the Redskins name, not only is it a sign of Native American culture, but, but it's a sign of... Native American culture being praised, like if you think of the fight song and and Mm -hmm. the manner in which the name is being used, at least in the football context, that was sort of their opinion. So sometimes when I hear the people that are offended by it, I totally respect that. I always Mm -hmm. will. Why why wouldn't I? But I also just kind of want to lobby for the opinion that was emboldened by the name, too. Now, you might say, well, that person is wrong and it's a different time. Totally agree. That's Mm -hmm. fine. But the point is, I feel like that opinion needs to be heard as well. And that, yeah. that, that's all I would say with respect to the argument is you're, you're welcome to have your opinion. But other people who are also Native American have opinions that you might not think that they have and they should be heard as well. So that's that's all I have to say about it.
0: 100% agree. I think there's a lot of different ways to look at this argument. I don't think it's, you know, straight black and white. Uh, I really do understand the people being like, hey, like, you know, redskin. Yeah, it's like if you just had a team called the White Skins, or you know, I'm not going to go too deep into any of those other, you know, but like, it's okay, yeah, when you kind of put it in that context, I think the one personally that I've always just thought was kind of weird, the Indians are also considering changing their name. Um, I really do think they should consider changing their logo because it's just a straight caricature. Uh, that is definitely more like when you look at it. It's a little more ridiculous um, when you consider it and see it. Like, you know, it doesn't really make any sense. Like, what the hell's going on? So that one, I think uh, Chief Wahoo's probably not. I know, I know they were already kind of phasing him out with a lot of their uniforms and everything. Uh, probably not going to be be around a little too much longer. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, the Braves have already pretty much come out and said, no, nah, we might not do the Tomahawk shock, but we're, we're, we're keeping the Braves name. So, all right. Honestly, growing up, I had no idea the Braves were in reference to... Uh, Native Americans, anyway. So, <laughs> look at that. I guess that's a uh, ten-year-old Mike for you. Uh, so, yeah, that <laughs> one's interesting. And so, here, here is the the interesting flip side of the conversation. So, last night, Deshaun Watson may or may Deshaun have, Deshaun Jackson. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much. Yes, Deshaun Watson is going to get you. Almost got money. Deshaun
1: Watson in the Ooh, news. That would have been
0: bad. <laughs> All right, sorry, buddy. Didn't mean it. I hope you get a lot of money. I, obviously, not as much as Patrick Mahomes. But hey, take home your three hundred million. <laughs> Bill O'Brien will absolutely give it to you. We know that. 100%. Um, Deshaun Jackson, who is a Philadelphia Eagle, and I am a noted Philadelphia Eagles hater. So this was kind of, uh, I'm not going to say fun. You, YouTube, Yeah, that's true. Um, he may or definitely quoted uh, Adolf Hitler. Uh, there was another gentleman in there as well. I can't really pronounce his name. Uh, another another guy, a little, little anti-Semitic. And people were angry but not weirdly not as angry as you would think uh i think there is more i think the word you used was fervor around the redskins name than there is about a player actually coming out and and saying these heinous anti-Semitic things again quoting hitler uh it's just really interesting uh how we pick and choose who who we're angry at i don't i don't know how you feel about that i just found that a very weird kind of like the Eagles were like, "Yeah, we talked to him." I mean, the Eagles' owner's Jewish, if I'm not mistaken, and I think their GM might be as well, or or one of them is is definitely Jewish. And they came out and they they gave him a stern talking to, him and he apologized. It's like, well, I don't know, man. Whether you agree or disagree with Drew Brees, he got eviscerated on the internet. Whichever side you were on for that one, how is Deshaun Jackson not? How is he still on a team? He's not even very good anymore. I don't. I just don't get it. I'm sorry, I don't understand.
1: Yeah. I mean, you say he's not very good anymore, but according to some random Philadelphia beat writer, yeah. he's going to be like the leading receiver <laughs> on the team, which kind of tells you we've talked about the Eagles in terms of like how they yeah. just kind of seem like the bad luck, bad vibe team. And here, here we are again. Um, and, and I, you know, when I said that before, when we talked about it, we were referencing Alshon Jeffrey and, mm-hmm. you know, all these other you know, injury issues that they were having. But I got to be honest, I got to plead ignorance a little here. I don't know what the quote was. So I know oh. he quoted something, or at least I thought I saw on Twitter, for example, that he was, he quoted something that Hitler said, but yes. on, and I I assumed it was bad, but I didn't get a chance to actually, I read the response to it, but in the quick look that I took, I was only able to read the response from like the Eagles organization. I couldn't mm-hmm. find in, in the, the little time I had, I couldn't find what he said. So I'm, I, you know, I know you, you probably don't want to like, you know, talk about no. it here. I'll, no, but, no, no. <laughs> but but the point is, is you know it doesn't necessarily surprise me you know a lot of a lot of people are just really ignorant i think to so many things including the impact of the ignorance that they you know project out into social media so yeah. I don't that that that's not to give him a pass because of ignorance. But um, I don't know what he said. So I I can't I can't go there, really,
0: really. I mean, look it up after the show, man. Uh, It's very hard to plead uh, ignorance on this. And then it's
1: also very hard to
0: apologize to like, I don't understand how he he literally no joke. It looks like he took a picture of Mein Kampf where he had something highlighted. And what he had highlighted was horrific and horrendous and awful. And he put that out there. And then he comes out and apologizes, like, no, I actually have to be a good person. It's like, you... You, you that doesn't work. You can't do these things and then just be like, Yeah, I misunderstood it. Like, no, you don't misunderstand that, dude. That that was ridiculous. So, Eagles fans, uh, it's at Michael raziel 1. Uh, I, I'm in for this one. And at CNJot, of course, because that's that's too easy. But that one, <laughs> it made no sense. Look it up after after the show or anybody out there listening. It's it's kind of ridiculous again how we pick and choose where we fight. And yes, I agree with some, I disagree with others, but it's very interesting. The internet is a weird and wacky place, man. And I don't like it. I really don't, except for you. See it. I like, I like this thing that we got going on here. Thank right you. Cool. I appreciate no, that. Thank you. Um, so, uh, do you want to, let's move on to just a little bit of MLB mm-hmm. NBA and NHL news to, to finish out the show. This went a little longer than expected, but I think we were having so much fun. We're coming up with new noises. We're, we're telling people <laughs> to get in the discord a lot. So it's, it's been an absolute blast. So MLB news, a lot of players have been catching COVID, uh, particularly Freddie Freeman is not doing so hot. Um, we know that no one's going to be seriously injured most likely, but there is absolutely still the possibility. Freddie Freeman has had it for a little while. He's not doing so great. So uh, obviously hoping that he gets better. His wife kind of came out today and said he's definitely feeling better, but still not doing great. So we'll see what the heck happens there. But this has led to more people dropping out. Nick Marcakis of the Braves, uh, Felix Hernandez, I guess you know i loved his career and what he's done he's incredible but i think he just got his name in the news because a lot of people forgot he was still in the mlb he's actually in the braves system right now uh david price dropped out of uh the mlb restart this year i I, uh, i know how you feel about that i mean are you surprised this these this many guys are really starting to just kind of take their names out of the hat at this point
1: not really i mean Mark Hakus is 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 kind of a big name. Price to me is not yeah. a big name. I mean, he's a big name, but I don't think he's a high impact. Yeah, I don't think he's a high impact guy anymore. So, you know, if if the likes of Mike Trout start, you know, falling off, then I'm, you know, I'll, I'll have a little concern. But you know, the reality going into this, whether regardless of which league we're talking about. If you, I mean, you had to have expected people to either A, get COVID or B, drop yeah. out. I mean, you just, you like, I was very, I got to be honest, I was very surprised by the Bradley Beal thing in the NBA, which, it, which we might touch on. But, you know, that, I think that was like a shoulder injury that might not really have been a shoulder injury. Maybe just, uh, I don't really want to play, yeah. which was, you know, that, that wasn't great. But, uh, no, as far as this is concerned, I expect a few more names and I expect, I expect a lot of people to, to catch COVID. I, my, my only hope is, that it doesn't happen when the restart happens because then yes. a, an entire team might get affected. And then we have a look, a legitimate problem.
0: Yes, that would be a huge problem. Yeah. Then the names, Mike Trout, uh, he, he came out and said it is a legitimate discussion. Him and his wife are expecting a child at some point, if I'm not mistaken, during the season. Mm-hmm. So essentially he will not be able to see his child for the first few months. Um, the same thing with Gordon Hayward is going to happen as well. Uh, Gordon Hayward will be, I think his wife is due sometime in September which is kind of around the time the playoffs are going to start. And he said, yeah, I'm going to leave the bubble. And the NBA already said, if you leave the bubble, you have to at least quarantine for two weeks. So might want to knock the Celtics down a little bit on our, uh, on our, our, what well, we had them at plus 2,200. I think they're down to plus 2,000. I mean, if mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward's legitimately coming out and saying, I will miss the playoffs to see my, the birth of my daughter, I think. I can't blame the guy. Same thing with Mike Trout. Cannot blame the guy. Um... Uh, um the, I'm sorry. Zach, uh, Zach is messing with me in the comments. I appreciate you, Zach. I'm excited to see. Uh, stop it, Zach. You're killing me right now. Um, no, I appreciate you as always. Um, but no, I think it's it's pretty legitimate with some of these players, especially with family members, with wives. Again, you know, not being able to, I've never had a kid, not planning on having one anytime soon, but it'd probably be pretty difficult for you to miss the birth and then the first like two or three months of your kid's life. I feel like that's not a really easy thing to do for a baseball season. I don't know. It's
1: weird. Yeah. So, so the, the, the problem with that more than just not being able to see your baby, especially if it's their first kid, his wife is going to be like, I yeah. mean, and, and I, and, and I really, I, I can't really criticize him for this or her because she's going to be like, bro, like, this is our first kid. I'm, you're going to leave me on my own. Like, like what like my, mom, my mom's going to be here the whole time. <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm just trying to be as real as possible. Like know, it's, it, it's it. such a bad spot for, for a wife to be and to have the kid and not have your, you know your husband there like it would be one thing if he wasn't there just period but for him to have actually been there and then leave and then not be there that that's a tough mm-hmm.
0: one i get it yeah and and i actually had a great conversation at a 4th of july party a couple beers deep with this one and i posed this to my fiance and i said hey if your husband just happened to be the greatest baseball player on earth would you want him there for the birth of your child and she said yes and i said but I'm Mike Trout in this situation. So I'm going to need to go play baseball because I'm the greatest baseball player on earth. And that conversation surprisingly didn't end as well as I thought it would. So (laughs) kind of weird, kind of crazy. So we'll see what happens there. One thing I would say, um, Mookie Betts should drop out. Uh, Mookie Betts is their only bad things can happen if he plays Uh, there. Nothing's going to come out of a 60 game season. If he wins, he already got a championship. He's already got an MVP. Uh, who the hell cares? Just sit out of the season... And get your three hundred million dollar contract next year because literally right now only bad things can happen. So yeah,
1: but but if bad things happen, if bad things happen to Mookie Betts at his age, so what? He's still going to get a huge contract. It might get bumped down like you know thirty million or something. So maybe he only makes three seventy instead of four hundred. But I'm just saying, like he he is he is such an athlete that he could tear his ACL. He could even honestly like the worst injury I can think of is like a rupture of Achilles. That would kind of be a game changer a little bit, but. Oh, he's Kevin on Durant. such a good team. He he has to play. He has to
0: play. Uh, I agree, but I also would not be surprised if he, he was someone like that sat out and maybe there's a couple other people we'll bring up on Thursday show. If Nick comes on for a little bit, talk about some of these, I'm a really big contract year guy. So when it comes to fantasy baseball, we might want to watch out because some of these guys might, once they get a nagging elbow, they're back four or five games in the standings, which is really like a hundred games in the standings with a 60 game season. Wouldn't be surprised if they just sit out the rest and see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. so as you already said, Bradley Beal is out. So that fun little scenario we have from a couple weeks ago, uh, with uh, then the Wizards potentially taking it home at I think it was what like plus 10,000 or plus 12,000 to get into the playoffs, some ridiculous number. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen. Bradley Beal was the only thing that was going to get them there. He is not. The craziest part is though, the Nets continue to lose players, Dinwiddie and Prince, Tor- Torian Prince, Torian and Prince both tested positive and both said they are just going to stay home and not even worry about it. So I honestly don't know who is on the nets anymore. It's starting to get a little ridiculous. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I know you're a wizards fan, but I guess you can't really be too surprised by this.
1: I was surprised. I mean, I, I, and I I was actually kind of excited. I didn't think I, I I thought the wizards were going to somehow screw it up and not take over the nets position in the playoffs. But you know, here I am classic wizards fan. I, I, what, I, what I'm really disappointed about, frankly, is that this was even an issue in the first place because I don't think the Wizards should have been invited. I don't think the Pelicans or the Spurs or any of those teams on the outside looking in should have been invited. I think it should have been the eight teams in the East and the eight teams in the West. I think they could have had about four to six scrimmages to really get in game shape and maybe avoid the the injury bug because you, you came back too quick, too yeah. fast in regular season mode. They could have had a couple. and maybe, maybe you make the scrimmages or the games count in some way. Maybe you, maybe you figure out a way to, to make the scales tip a little bit for those teams that really go for it in those first few games. But I thought this was all a gimmick to get Zion in the playoffs. And now it's starting to backfire because the Spurs are depleted because of injuries, you know, that the wizards aren't even showing up with their, like two of their best players or their two best players. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say they're two because Bertans is solid, but he's not a, the second best player, but you know, this is the fallout now.
0: Yeah. I think, um, we we spoke about it if the nba was really worried about the coronavirus covid-19 they wouldn't have invited all these extra players, right? Like right. you wouldn't bring an entire extra team in the wizards who have legitimately no shot, or they had legitimate, they had the only reason they ever had a shot was because the nets decided that they didn't want to play anymore. Uh, outside right. of that, the wizards had pretty much zero chance of making it. Now, obviously it flips, it flops a little bit. They're kind of back to not having any chance to make it. Um, I don't think the wizards or the sun should have been invited. I understand the NBA wanting to have a little bit of fun with that eight seed in the West, because let's be honest. We all want to see Zion there. I mean, you saw that picture of him looking like Bane with his mask on, dude, that was awesome. So maybe we need a Zion sound too. us uh, too. So we'll, we'll talk about that after the show, but I totally see what you're saying. Again, if they were legitimately worried, they would not have brought all these extra teams. If anything, they probably would have reduced those even 16 further and said, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it is what it is. We'll call it a cup or a, you know, a, a playoff tournament or whatever and see what the hell happens. But yeah, they, they, they don't care. Um, A little bit of NHL news. Uh, We are set to return August 1st. There is a lot of value when it comes to hockey, so make sure to be on. Uh, Our buddy Zach, who was playing with me a little bit here, also wanted me to say that there are six years of NHL labor piece. He spells labor with a U. So I have to assume that means he's from England or Canada. Uh, Labor peace and the Olympic participation is back. I'm a very big Olympics guy. Uh, Anyone out there that doesn't know. So I'm very excited about that. So we'll see what happens there. And it's a pending an IOC discussion. Um, Zach, I don't know if you know, but the IOC is right up there with FIFA in terms of wanting money. So I'm very confident that that's going to get through. And uh, as we were talking about the Redskins and we were talking about the Braves and the Indians a little bit, Zach also wanted me to know Chicago Blackhawks will not be changing their logo. They are going to be using it to educate um, people, I guess, around the country. So, awesome! Great job, hockey! Really, uh, really doing some stuff there. So, very excited for that. Hockey's uh, hockey's back. Baseball is back in on the twenty third. Little quick math looks like about sixteen days, seventeen days, something like that. Fifteen days, maybe. I don't actually know math that well very excited for baseball we have baseball we have hockey we have basketball all coming back we still have golf this weekend so make sure to check us out um at win, win daily sports on twitter make sure to go to win to get see free article already you're going to get zach's going to have some articles up there talking about hockey soon too which is going to be a lot of fun hop into the discord chat it's free for three days you get all the golf guys you get jmo with nascar we haven't added him in a little while so we're going to try and get him on soon we have some new team members which are awesome very excited brian tolleck Matt Rogers, Matt, be- be- Matt Vecchio. There we go. We have Adam uh, Strangest. Sorry, Adam, don't really know how to pronounce your name. We have Mike mm-hmm. Pendleton, who hopefully will be coming on the show Thursday to talk some MMA. So we are building our team. We are getting some good people. So Sia, where can everybody find you on the internet? You didn't actually, one second, you didn't get angry. You didn't make any NFL teams angry at you today. What happened?
1: Oh, that's a good point. I mean, maybe I I'm just maybe, maybe something. I need
0: to kind of, me- oh, wait, no, the Eagles. Uh, yeah. Tell, tell everybody mean... that you're not anti-Semitic.
1: <laughs> okay well i'm not anti-semitic but i'll tell Ooh. you what i do think carson wentz is overrated there i actually think that i'm sorry right, there we go eagles fans uh, See see how working on he's overrated at uh what is it s-i-a-n-e-j-a-d at sianajad at me it.
0: bro at him he is not anti-semitic for all of you <laughs> eagles fans out there I am at Michael Raziel one, also not anti-Semitic and also hate the Eagles. So you guys are more than welcome to come at me, but thank you everybody. It was just a two man show tonight. And I think we did a killer job. Um, So yeah, we hope you make it a very profitable night, everybody. Thank you so much.